Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me this morning to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. John chapter 18. How many of you, I'm just curious, how many of you watched uh, the program last Sunday night, A.D., the beginning of it? Did anybody, anybody, a few of you? Yes. Um, the, I, and, and God willing, through this series of messages, as I mentioned in the bulletin, started last week, uh, and I really, I'm now going to kind of kind of harken back just a little bit to the one previous or from the previous week because there are some great things and great connections that I think those who are watching and I would encourage you over the next the the next 11 weeks is a 12 week thing and we're going to be I'm going to be the God willing preaching uh, a 12 week sermon series kind of in tandem with that uh, I would encourage you Sunday night just if you can record it, record it and watch it later or watch it. It will encourage you. Uh, I, was, I was really encouraged by what I saw this past Sunday night. And in fact, uh, the title of this message is the opening line of last Sunday night's program. And it is a line that was spoken by Pontius Pilate. What is truth. I thought it was brilliant that they opened with that. It was the scene of the cross, the three crosses that were there, and Pilate is saying and says truth. What is truth? I want to start reading uh, in, uh, let's see, in chapter 18, and we're going to read starting at verse 28 and go down through to verse 38. And I'm going to read from, uh, let's see, let me read, uh, let's, let's go to John, John 18, and I want to read from the NIV, it had a different, uh, a different Bible here, John 18, and we're going to look at this verse of scripture, starting at verse 28, the Bible says this. It says, starting at verse 28, Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked them, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. Now, this is important because their own law did not allow for death, for the charges being brought against him. Their law, and by Roman law, they could not put Jesus to death. That was a Roman thing. Rome was in charge. They, they were not allowed to put any kind of capital punishment on the table. So Pilate is pushing back. And he says this, but we, or they say, but we have no right to execute anyone, the Jews objected. 
This happened so that the words Jesus had spoken indicating the kind of death he was going to die would be fulfilled. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Don't forget that. If there is ever a, something that you can highlight in your Bible, do not forget. His kingdom is not of this world. Man creates his kingdom in this world, not Jesus. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, Pilate, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason, I was born. And for this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone, listen to this. I don't know if you've ever read, read this before. I'm sure you have, but this is vital and important. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Everyone on the side of truth listens to the radio. No. Everyone on the side of truth listens to the news media. No. Everyone on the side of truth hangs out on YouTube. No. Jesus said everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And here it is. Pilate says, what is truth? Pilate asked, with this, listen to this, he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. I find it to be an amazing thing here at the very, very end of this, this verse of Scripture, this last verse of Scripture. Notice what Pilate does for a minute. Pilate says and asks this question. When Jesus references truth, and he says it very plainly, Jesus didn't veil what he said. Jesus didn't beat around the bush. Jesus made it absolutely clear that everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate, being the dummy that he was, asked the question, what is truth? The problem was he didn't hang out to find out. Notice what he did, verse 38. Let me just read that again. Verse 38 says, what is truth, Pilate asked. With this, with that question, he went out again to the Jews. Instead of standing there and listening for a response from Jesus, isn't that the way we are? We want to know what truth is, but we want it on our terms. We don't want it on his terms. Jesus had just made it so abundantly clear. It was crystal clear. What it was that he was saying, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. 
There are a lot of voices that people are hearing. There are a lot of things that people are hearing in, in, in our day and age. And I, I think and I believe that it was, it was so brilliant of the producers to start with that line in the beginning of last week's episode and to show the three crosses there. What is truth? And as if, as if to answer the question on, on screen and on video, and I haven't, I haven't discussed this with the producers. I'm sure I'm going to call them soon and talk to Mark Burnett and Roman Downey about it. But I think, as I watched it, I thought that right there they were answering the question that Pilate was, was asking. The truth was the cross. The truth was what Jesus did. The truth, brothers and sisters, is found in the Word. In fact, we're going to find what it is that Jesus has to say a little bit later on in this message about the truth. But for many people in our society, in our day and age, we are living in a time where everything is being redefined. We don't like the definition. Change the definition. We don't like the definition of truth. Let's just make it be, well, it's your truth, not my truth. That's not truth. It's not truth to say what's right for you may not be right for me. Wrong. That defies all comprehension. That defies God. It goes against Scripture. A lot of people say that today, and we just we kind of nod along, and yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, we, we don't want to get into any kind of deep discussion. One, because for the most part, we're probably afraid we're just going to get overwhelmed by the nonsense. We're not going to know how to answer it. But I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, there is absolute truth. I will never forget when I started uh, work at, uh, up in Northbrook years ago, encountered uh, a young man who was, I think, I don't know, we were maybe the same age. He, maybe he was a little younger, very smart guy, uh, and had, had accomplished already a great deal in business, in the world of business. But as he, we began to talk, it became clear that it was like, well, you know, I, I kind of just kind of think and believe that, you know, it's just what you make it. It's what you want it to be. And I said, you know, I said, I, I believe that there is absolute truth. That there is truth that can be known, but it is absolute. You cannot change it. You cannot fudge it. You cannot mess with it. You can't manipulate it. You can't do anything. And this is exactly what is happening in our society. We are manipulating things in order to feed ourselves. There is a great selfishness that people have. And they say, well, I'm not, I don't want to buy into this whole thing of Jesus is the only way because, you know, doesn't that offend others? Yes, it does. And it always has. It did back then. This is why Jesus was standing in front of the, 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 you know, the court and in front of Pilate and in front of these guys who wanted to crucify him because the way is narrow. It's narrow. Jesus said, it's narrow and few there are that find it. In other words, the path that is wide, it's easy. Everybody's going that way. You know, you, you, you go with the flow. You go with whatever the traffic is doing. You know, I, I, I was traveling just for work uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was down on the south side, and I had come off an exit, and I was to turn left on the exit. It was in an area that I had never been before, so I wasn't familiar with how the streets were. 
and the street was really wide. It's like three lanes in one direction coming just on one direction. And then the other side was three lanes. I wasn't really paying attention. I couldn't see the median. And the cars at the stoplight were stopped all the way back. They were far back. So out of my peripheral vision, that to me just looked like a wide open street that I was to turn onto. As soon as the light changed, I just started whipping around. And then I realized I am now headed down the side of the street where everybody, everybody is coming this way. And there is a median on the other side. Now, I could have been a big dummy and could have just said, well, you know what? I'm going to make my own way. You know what? They all just need to move out of my way. Can you all just plead and you lay on the horn a little bit? Just get out of my... I didn't do that. No, no, no. I wasn't about to make my own truth because the truth of the matter was I was wrong. You see, a lot of people turn to things that we see in this story as represented by the different characters in this scripture. They turn to these things in order to find their own truth. And the first one I want to just discuss briefly is religion. I know that there is a lot of talk. You say, well, doesn't the Bible talk about religion? It does. And it talks about true religion, religion that is right before God. James tells us that pure and undefiled religion is to visit widows and orphans and to, uh, to help those who are hurting and those who are down and out. There is a pure religion. But the problem with religion is today it has been so manipulated and so changed into what people want it to be. People are making up their own rules as they go along with religion. And it was no exception to what was happening in the day of Christ because it is the religious crowd is represented by the high priest Caiaphas and his, you know, all of those who were following after. We see encounter after encounter in the Gospels that Jesus has with the religious crowd. And the problem was, is they took the law of Moses and then they said, but we're going to add on our own laws. We're going to have our own ideas and we're going to do our own thing. And Jesus called them on it on occasion, different, different circumstances. He said, you are following the traditions of men. There are things that occur in churches on Sundays that nobody has any clue why they do it. Not found in the Bible. Not found in the scripture. It's not here. But we do it anyway just because it appeases our conscience and makes us feel as though we are following some sense of truth. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, truth is more than religion. You see, you cannot say that the truth was found in what it was and found in this group that brought Jesus to Pilate. It, it was not found there. Well, it's found in, certainly in the way that I, I like to observe it. How I observe my religious traditions and beliefs. Observing your religious traditions and beliefs no more causes you to be walking in the truth than anybody else who is out on the street who does not walk according to any kind of religious observances. I want you to know that the truth, let me just skip ahead, shall I? Just to the end. The truth is found in a person. The truth is a person. And in fact, the, the truth, this is what, what what's, Jesus had already uttered the words. 
I, I'm doing this all backwards, but let's just let it, let it fall where it may and let it fall into your heart. Jesus had already uttered the words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. He had already said that, and now Pilate is standing in front of him saying, what is truth? It's not a what. It's a who. It's a who. When you look at Scripture and the embodiment of Scripture, we say the Word is truth. This is what Jesus actually stated on another occasion to His disciples. Your Word, or as He was praying to the Father, He was saying, Lord, open their hearts to to understand the Word. Your Word is truth. Sanctify them, purify them by your truth. Your, Your Word is truth. But we also find that the way John chapter 1 opens up, we recognize that Jesus was, in fact, the Word. So therefore, the Word and the truth is a person. It's not a thing. It's not an object. It's not this book that sits on your shelf all week long until you pick it up and bring it to church. Ouch. It's not that. It's not that one thing. It's not an, an it. Truth is a person. But people look for, for the truth in religion. Let me try to find that and get some sense of bearing in life. Religion will never give it to you. It is only the truth that will. There are things that other people go after. And let me, before I get to that, it's important to understand this. This is a quote from George MacDonald who said, and I want you to listen to this. I'll, I'll repeat it because it bears repeating. And hopefully we'll understand what it was that he said. George MacDonald said this, to give truth to him who loves it not is only to give him more multiplied reasons for misinterpretation. Say that again. To give truth to him who loves it not is only to give him more multiplied reasons for misinterpretation. You see, you have to love the truth. You can't love what you feel, and that's, I'm, I'm still getting ahead of myself already, because feelings is also one of these things that people pursue as their truth. It's, they just walk by feelings. They go according to how they feel. That, that is not in any way even close to the truth. Your feelings lie to you. Your feelings will tell you stories. Let me just jump ahead to that. It's represented by those who are weeping around the cross. The ones who are weeping around the cross are the same ones who heard Jesus state with clarity he had to go to the cross and that on the third day he was going to rise again. So you would think, at least if you had heard Jesus say that, and yes, he is going through what he said he was was going to go through, and you watched him die, that in your heart there would be hope. But when you're weeping that way, there is no hope. You're feeling like it's the end. In fact, the, the disciples thought that. They thought it's all over. They thought we're done for after all of this. Those that are weeping around the cross, they they operate according to the emotion of the moment. I want to tell you something. Do not depend on your feelings for truth. Somebody once wisely said, don't ever make a life-changing decision based on your emotions. I get mad. Well, I'm mad. I'm going to quit. And then you're sitting there wondering how you're going to pay your rent. 
how you're going to pay the electric bill, how you're going to pay all these things, and you're wondering how life can be so stinking unfair to you. You got mad and you quit. Don't do that. You know, ask God for grace, people. I mean, God can give you the grace in the midst of your situation to help you to be strong, to help you to minister where you are, to be a light. Where we are. I'm mad. My boss, he doesn't pay and you know, doesn't, doesn't like me, always giving me work to do. That's what you're there to do. You're hired to work. So work. Oh, I don't like that. And then you wonder why you spend the next two years filling out online applications for jobs. Why? Because we ride our emotions looking for truth. That's not going to help you. A lot of people do that in churches. I come into church and I feel something in my heart. I, I believe God gave us emotions to be touched by him. Don't get me wrong. Trust me. I'm not of the, the ilk that said when we come to church, it's all going to be, you know, just, you know, very quiet and solemn and, you know, and then that's worship. I, I, I think God wants us to be involved. I think God gave us emotions to be touched by him. But at the same time, I also know that there are times where our emotion, the emotion of the week, kind of gets in the way of whatever it is that God wants to do in our hearts in that moment. And it can sometimes cloud the truth of what needs to get into our hearts. So don't, don't ride emotions. Don't ride feelings. But there is also those who go for the law. The, the rule of law. I, I love hearing, you know, these, these politicians talk every now and then, talking about the rule of law, a rule of law that they, in fact, at times don't even live according to. You know? No, it's the rule of law. No? I want to tell you that the law gets manipulated every day. Not just by the politics. Before you stand on your high horse and start talking to the politicians about how bad they can be, how many times do we fudge the law? How many times do you try to, you know, get around it and skirt whatever it is? How many times do people in society as a whole try to, to not have to observe the law, just sort of, you know, kind of get away? You know, the law was being manipulated here by those who were the lawyers they were the, the religious leaders. And in fact, we, we see Pilate massaging and manipulating the law. We don't have time to read it all, but you've got to read all the way down, almost halfway through chapter 19 as well, because you see what Pilate does. Pilate manipulates the law, a law that he knew, he knew did not did not indicate to, that Jesus was guilty. He'd already said it. I don't find any fault in him. It's an amazing thing. He crucified a guy that he found no fault in. Innocent people die. We get frustrated by that. An innocent man shed his blood on Calvary so that you could be free. He shed his blood on Calvary. A man who was, who, was, who was faultless and sinless in every way died at the hands of a man who could not stand around waiting for the answer to what is truth, who would then manipulate the law to the point where he knew that he had to do that simply because he had to look good in other people's eyes. 
You see, he knew that Rome was in charge and he was actually the Roman governor in that place. But he was the minority, folks. He was standing. He wasn't, you know, he had guards all around him, but he knew he had to endear himself to the religious leaders of, of that time, to, the, to Caiaphas and his crowd. He had to endear himself to, to them in order to somehow stay in power because he knew they could go behind his back, go to Caesar and say, here's what your governor did lie so what did he do he manipulated the law well we got to find truth in the law you're not going to find it there you can make all the legislation you want and in fact this is happening to this day there is legislation coming before our 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 governor our you know our government and the the legislation is saying that what is what is right according to scripture is no longer right did you know that, the, and this is long before a lot of these laws are being changed in our country, did you know that Christianity has been put on the list as those who are known as terrorist groups within our own government military? Brothers and sisters, I want you to know that we are sitting in a time I never dreamed would occur within my lifetime. But I want you to know, brothers and sisters, don't sit there and say, well, it's got to be the law. Got to get my man in power. I don't care who is in power in the, in the country. I want you to know that the truth will not be found in them. It will not be found in Washington. It's only found in a man, and it's Jesus Christ, the truth is represented by Jesus the one who said I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but through me he said these words he said the truth you will know the truth and the truth will set you free I want you to know brothers and sisters you've got to know him in order to be free don't sit there and say well let me try to get as much information and education and all of these things and that's gonna that's not gonna set you free you're gonna know him and he will set you free he said this let me read it in John chapter 15 and verse 26 he says these words Reading from the English Standard Version, it says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you, the Helper, who is the Helper? The Holy Spirit. The Helper comes, and I'll send to you from the Father. Listen to what he calls the Holy Spirit now. One of his names, but also one of his, his roles, one of the things that he will do in your life, the Spirit of Truth. The spirit of truth. This is why we need to pray for a baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is why we've got to pray, God, fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit so I can know the truth. He is the spirit of truth who proceeds out from the Father. He will bear witness about me. Go to John chapter 16 and verse 13. Also reading again from the English Standard Version. The Bible says this in John 16 and verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come, but the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. We're running around looking for truth in other places. We're running around looking for it from somebody who is just really cool and really awesome. I want to tell you there's no one cooler than Jesus. 
There's no one better and more awesome than Jesus. You want to know the truth? Get with Him and let the Spirit of God fill your life. Let the power of God come over your life and say, Holy Spirit, fill me so that you will guide me into all truth. And here's the last thing. I already got ahead of this and said this, but I, I want to read it. John 17, 17 says this, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. If you ignore the word, you cannot be set apart for his purpose. You will not be set apart for his, his purpose. You're going to be doing your own thing, making it up as you go along, but then when trouble comes, you're going to head to the Psalms and try to find something to make you feel really good rather than cause you to get into the New Testament and make you feel established. Can I encourage you? I love the Psalms. They're wonderful. They're great. I'm not knocking any part of Scripture here today, but sometimes I think Christians spend way too much time out where there is it's all about emotion and feeling, and we're not spending enough time in the New Testament where there is foundation in Christ. We've got to get to where the Word is because the Bible says this, that your Word is truth. We've got to have this Word in us. We've got to have it with us. We've got to get it in our minds. Stop, shut the TV. Shut the computer. Do whatever you got to do and get the Word into you. Let it get into your heart, into your life. Shut out the voices. Go into your prayer closet and let the Spirit of God lead you and guide you into all truth. He will do that if you allow Him. He will do it. But he says this, your word is truth. So to answer Pilate's question, the truth is Jesus. The truth was standing right in front of Pilate. Why do we know that? It's not a what. It is a who. It is because John recognizes that in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. If truth, Jesus says, your Word is truth, he was actually referencing himself. Everything that God wanted to say to mankind, everything that God wanted to say was expressed in the person of Jesus Christ. His desire for mankind was for man to come to him in repentance. But man couldn't do that without a sacrifice. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There's no getting rid of it. Can't do it. We have the Old Testament sacrificial system in the, the Old Testament. That didn't do it. The writer of Hebrews says that the blood of bulls and goats and lambs could not cleanse the conscience. That thing that hammers you day in and day out can't, that the Old Testament sacrificial system couldn't do it. But he says, but the blood of Jesus wipes away every sin, every stain, and it cleanses the conscience. That guilty conscience that says, oh, I'm so sorry for what I did. I am so glad that it's under the blood of Jesus, that Jesus was the supreme sacrifice for everything that we ever did. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, today that the blood of Jesus will wash you clean. And those that are out there in the world that you meet on a daily basis, I want to tell you, don't get caught up in the arguments and the troubles and the politics and all of those things. Can you just give them Jesus? Because he is the truth. Say they don't believe it. 
doesn't matter. The, the Holy Spirit will make it real to them. Don't try to play the Holy Spirit, you know, in the whole thing, the process. That's going to be his job to cause them to see and to understand. You just be obedient to express what the truth is and let the Holy Spirit do the work. Amen? Can we stand to our feet today and give God praise?